Character Combine Podcast. We are back again. I'm Josh Takimoto. I am Deb McCollum. And uh, again, we have another awesome guest. So far, all three of the first three guests have been awesome. Jason Harper, Kevin Bracey, Mary Jo Truesdale. And uh, we're going to continue this this pattern of having awesome guests. And today we have Butch Bacala. He's a, a former major league scout. He currently works for Prospect Wire. And then he has his own organization called Athlete 911 Baseball. What's going on? Hey, thank you. Yeah, Being absolutely. With uh, those other... Three people is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> quite a compliment because I know all three of those people that you yeah. just mentioned, and uh, you're putting me in some pretty good company. Thank you. You're welcome. And we're Thanks just, for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. We just, yeah. We're happy to sit here with all three or all four of you guys. It's kind of fun for us. We just get to talk to you. It's great. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. So uh, you and I met a little while ago, yes. uh, probably about three, three or four years ago. It was four years ago. Four years ago. And so obviously I'm a huge baseball fan. Deb was a, a softball player mm-hmm. and softball coach, and yeah. so – um, you being a baseball guy, that was automatically uh, of interest to me because I'm a huge fan of the game. And um, I remember one of the first times that you and I kind of worked on something together, you went out to my, my former high school, Casa Roble, and you spoke to a sports and career class. And I'll never forget it because I know some of those guys in the class were ballplayers. And you brought your uh, championship ring from the, I believe it was the Braves. Yes. And uh, I was so jealous because you started at the opposite end of the room when you passed it around. I'm like, oh, hey, hurry up, kid. I want to see that <laughs> ring. <laughs> But uh, man, I remember when you pass it around, it just it kind of just awed everybody. So, anyways, I can talk about that forever, man. So, how did you get? What organizations have you worked for, and how did you get started in scouting? Well, obviously, just like any other kid, I I played. I, I was fortunate enough to. I grew up in a little town called Petaluma, mm-hmm. which you know is not so is. little anymore. Seventy eight thousand yeah. people. Yeah, a little different yeah. now. When my grandfather came over from Switzerland, there was. Yeah exactly maybe 5,000 people there. So I grew up there with 8,000 people in a real wow. tight-knit community. So kind of it built who I'm about, you know, loyalty, right. character, you know, people you, you, uh, you're with every day, you know. And uh, then I, I played baseball. I didn't play baseball, actually, though, till my senior year in high school. Mm. And it was like um, – an unbelievable story. My team went 30 and one. Wow. I ended up being the California high school player of the year oh my with a guy named Ron Robinson, who had a great big league career okay. with the Cincinnati Reds. And we, uh, my team, we won the Northern California championship, yeah. you know, and, and so then I went to San Francisco state. I was recruited by USC. Uh, I was a little intimidated. I thought, you know, this might be a little too much for me. I have only played baseball one year. Uh, and the coach at San Francisco State was a guy named Orrin Freeman, who went to USC, played at USC on their championship teams when Rod Dato was the coach. Mm. And um, I got really connected to him. You know, that's a lot of times that's what it takes for you to go to a school is your connection with the coach there. And, and that was absolutely my connection. Um, so I went there, had a really good career. Got hurt my junior year, my draft year. Mm. Okay. So I didn't get to play. But what I what happened? I I 
I was doing squats with about 400 pounds. Okay. And I wasn't smart enough to put a towel on the back of my neck. Ooh. And I squished my nerve. Oh. So I had Ooh. no idea that I had squished my infraspinatus and supraspinatus. Wow. And I oh, lost no. all bone atrophy. You know, my, my muscle just right. shrunk and went away. And I kept trying to pitch. And I was a guy that could go seven to nine innings every time I went out. And I... I felt a shock down my hand every time I threw. Uh, and I went from going nine innings, seven innings, five innings, three wow. innings, down to not being able to pitch. And, you know, I go to the, I get drafted by the Phillies in the 11th round. Mm-hmm. I sign. And, you know, I, I, I was hurt. I, I got hurt. And then they tried to fix me. And it just kept getting worse. I had to end wow. up having to quit because I had a grand mal seizure. When they were doing a dye test on my neck, and the dye went up into my brain, oh, and geez. I was in ICU for three days, and I was sitting there. I remember this clear as day, the third day, just looking at my mom and dad and telling them, "I think I want to have a family. Oh. I'd like to have kids. Right. Baseball's been a great dream, right. but now I'll go try to start another dream." Mm. Wow, man, wow. that's crazy, and. I, I, I didn't tell you this, but Deb is her background's in strength and conditioning. Yeah. And so that, that probably really. Well, right away, I'm like, how did you know? Did you know right away? Did you have all these questions <laughs> right away? We could have a whole that. separate podcast just yeah, about that. Yeah, separate <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Did you feel. Okay, I will go off. No, no, please, for a please second. do. Please do. Did you. Now, you said when you had. You had 400 on, and then you didn't. Yeah. Have, did you feel it, or how did you know? How did you track it back to that? Did you know right away, or was it I, just later? It was months later. Wow. And I was a huge. I I rarely worked on my upper body. Mm. I did a lot of core, butt, right. legs. Right. And so, mm-hmm. as soon as I started, I've never had. A, I was always a guy that could throw the ball every day. I right. believed in throwing the ball every day, and would throw the ball every day, and I'd throw the ball through a wall every day. Right. And then all of a sudden, I could not throw at all. Wow. So, you know, when you can't right. go from throwing 100% uh-huh. every time right. to not being able to throw, yeah. you, you, you start to get a little worried. Right. And, you kind, oh. and you, were kind, you were able to track it back to, yeah. to that. You just knew, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then, wow. I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough to get to go to Dr. Job. And right. I can still remember looking at Dr. Job. And he goes, you're going to make your first million out of baseball. Uh-huh. You know, so I mean, but I, I kind of like the kind of finality. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. You know, it kind of yeah. it was like easier for me. Right. Like, okay, I'm not going to stop trying to get better. That's what I told him. I said, I'm gonna try. I, I got to give this my best shot. This has been my dream. Right. I got to give this my best shot. But I was fortunate enough that you know, once it was over, I knew I wanted to scout and coach. Wow. And. That's I, I was lucky enough to Jim Fleming, who was like an assistant GM with the Miami Marlins and was a coach at University of Oklahoma, he asked me to coach up in the Alaska League. Mm, okay. And right away, the Alaska League job, job, that job, we won the national championship in Wichita that summer. So then I was offered by Steve McFarland, the pitching coach's job at Cal Poly San Luis. Right. And I'm 24, 25 years old. Wow. And then – from that, three months later, I was offered a job with the Mariners as a scout and a coach. So nice. that's kind of how my career took its progression. Wow. And, okay. Uh, okay. you know, I was – that's what I wanted to do. My dream right. – my new dream would become to right. be the best scout yeah. or best coach I yeah. could possibly be. I think that's great that you were able to take something that is – that was so heartbreaking, I'm sure, mm-hmm. because that – for me, that would be 
totally heartbreaking to have this dream and this goal and then this injury happen. But it's great that you were able to just adjust and recreate and have a new vision instead of just throwing in the towel and, and you know, I'm Thank sure you. I'm sure there were days where you wanted to do that, but that I think that that's great that you're able to still stay in it. Okay, you're like, okay, what else can I do then? What can I do to, to stay near to the sport, to stay, you know, to do this? So yeah. I think that's great. Thank you. That's, awesome. I, that's And that's, I mean, that's kind of how I felt like about it was too, is like, are you just going to give up? Right. Because you love sports. Maybe you can impact yeah. uh, people in other ways. Right. And, you know, through coaching, scouting, um. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Just one, yeah. Just, one to stay in sports. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I knew that absolutely. Awesome. So, you know, people. So we, we talked about a little bit about this off air. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. So you're if people were to Google you, they would obviously see some stuff about your time with Seattle and how that ended. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I think it's it's interesting because you know there's always I heard somebody say there's always three sides of the story. Yours, mine, and the truth. So. Yeah. You know, obviously, we wanted just to talk to you a little bit about that and maybe not the situation exactly, but maybe what you learned from it and kind of what you took away from that whole thing. I can honestly tell you when it happened and I did what I did, I was I knew I was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, so I only have myself to blame. Mm. But I I did. I sat there in the stands knowing my career was probably over scouting mm. and I can honestly tell you guys this, and I don't feel ashamed in telling you this, but I said to myself, God caught up to me. Mm. Uh, Interesting. You know, uh, it was like for the things I had done wrong, he made me uh, send a guy an ice cream, which a scout had never done in baseball history. Mm. Yeah. uh, At a game, it was my last game of the year to be at a game, 231 Mm. days out on the road. And I was going home the next morning to have my off time. And uh, just everything that guy was doing was irritating me. And I just didn't feel like he was being professional. Mm. And guess what? I stepped out of the professional box Mm. and I lost my career over it. Mm. So just based on what you were saying when we kicked this podcast off in your own playing career Mm -hmm. and then seeing this specific situation, does that, you know, basically how, how your career ended, does that affect how you see players sometimes where it's like you see the potential there, but they're not, whatever it may, not not hustling they're not giving their best effort. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Is that where some of the frustration comes from? Um, Okay. So in in that case with him, yeah, um, it was just the whole etiquette thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was around our young players he was with the guys that we drafted. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to be a positive um, role model mm-hmm. for them in what they saw, and he wasn't. You know, here's a guy on, his, on the 40-man roster. He's taking BP with no hat on, mm-hmm. with white sunglasses on, and he's just jacking balls to left field while the rest of the guys, uh, D- Dave Valley was the coach there, and Mike Davis, who were great ex-big league players, and they're trying to teach our kids how to hit the ball up the middle. Sure. How to stay inside the ball. Approach all that, yeah. Approach, you know, and how you're going to you're gonna grow up in this game. And he was just doing the opposite. Then he goes out on the field in the second inning and is near their dugout talking to their players, not out at the first base box. Yeah. The inning gets over. He's still over there. Our guy's about to pitch, and I just yell to him, Jesus Rapido. Yeah. You know, and – sure. In Italian, that's 
get going. Right. But in his language, it's get going too. Sure. So he's, you know, like looking at me in the stands, pointing at me, and then all of a sudden he's right behind me in the stands. Right. Oh. And I just tell him, I said, look, you, you can't be up here in the stands. Right. I, you, I just go back into the dugout. We'll talk about it in the clubhouse after the game. Mm-hmm. And then the gal saw all this going on that worked behind there. She's always gotten me ice cream in the sixth inning. Okay. When I'm in Boise. It's just yeah. something I did every night. Right. She comes up to me in the sixth inning. She goes, why don't you get him an ice cream too? It might calm him down. Oh, okay. <laughs> so okay. I said, yeah, sure, go, go ahead. You know. And then when she came back with mine, I said to her, did you take that ice cream yet? Yet I don't think it's a very good idea. I thought yeah. about it. It's not a real good idea. Yeah. It was too late. Uh, just that, that so, split second. But I, I yeah. mean... I was wrong, you know, and, sure. and that's what I've always t- talked to the kids that I've coached, uh, you know, that I've mentored. Uh, you, you, you're accountable for the choices you make. Mm-hmm. And I made a choice, and it was a terrible choice. It cost me my family. It cost me my career. Um, and uh, the last four years, I've been just trying to hang in the game, you know, to stay in there and battle. Right. Sure. Well, we, we appreciate you answering that question. Like yeah. I said, we know it's not always the easiest thing to talk about, but we do appreciate your, your transparency and your honesty about that. Um, and I think that's, that's awesome because it's something we don't, you know, we haven't talked about too much, but how a coach um, uses their previous experience, whether good or bad, right. to kind of assist their athletes right. and how they, you know, how they kind of find their way through life and through the sport and all of that. So, um you know, it's awesome that you're using that experience to, to build up and kind of almost give a warning to the players that you coach. It's like, hey, you know, there's there's yeah. two sides to this game. And, right. and sometimes if you make the wrong choice, then it can, you know, can cost you. So, you know, we appreciate you you sharing that. Um, yeah. So now we're going we're gonna to switch it back to a more positive note. Okay. Yeah. The um, your organization, like I said, you worked for Prospect Wire. Um, but yeah. I'm actually more interested in the other organization, your organization. Yeah. So Athlete 911 Baseball. And I like the name because um, you told me off air what it's about. But can you yeah. explain a little bit about the name? Yeah, Athlete 911 is um, nine players, one team, one heart. Mm. And, That's good. you know, when you when you try to, you know, when you coach, you're, everybody has their own ideals of, of how they want their team to be and stuff. But I know in my experience, the best teams I ever played on, had different characters, but they were all one. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the end, right. when you went out on that field, you you were all in it together. You didn't have to always be friends, because uh, not everybody's friends with each other. But right. when you went out on that field, you were one, and you had the, the same heart together. You were a team, right. and you, you you gave it your all. You uh, a real team will have a leader. It'll have followers. It will have guys that step up and, and be accountable. Right. And it will have players that will ask guys, hey, get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Right. You know. So um, what, what I do in that group is I, I saw a real need through my last three years of running youth organizations. Um, kids need advice. Mm-hmm. They need help. There's so many things how they can spend money right. now um, within their summers with youth baseball. So the way I've, I've done it is I have over 25 people that, that I'm looking after right now. And what I do is I just try to help them maneuver through the road. Right. Like, yeah, yeah this big. is a good 
this is a good event to go to. Mm-hmm. No, this is this might be a waste of money event to right. go to. Mm-hmm. Um, I help them with their trainers. You know, this is a guy's a good trainer. This is, right. you know, and I, I I break it up into four things. I, like we just got through with the development stage, with weight training, conditioning, right. agility, speed, long toss. You know, whatever it is for the position in the in the player. Right. Now it's evaluation, the evaluation in games. Mm-hmm. So I'll go see all my guys play, right. and I'll evaluate them just like I'm evaluating a major league player. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I will tell them, look, this is where our weaknesses are. This is where right, right now you're not a Division One player, you're a Division Two or Three player, and wow. these are the things we got to improve. Mm. Wow. And it's so far it's worked out really good. Um, you know, I um, yeah, I charge a fee. Uh, but it's it's bare of the bones fee. Mm-hmm. I take forty dollars off a lesson that I give, you know, uh, and that's I mean that's any way I can reach a player and his parent and make a positive right. influence mm-hmm. and help them make good decisions. Right. I want to do that. Right. And you also get people that have a, a tough time. The father wants one thing, the kid wants another, mm. yeah, and you're a mediator. And right. more than anything, I tell my parents and families, guys, let me be the bad guy. Sure. <laughs> That's yeah, your your sense. kid. That's right. you're gonna have a relationship with that person for the rest of your lives, right. and you're their parent. Wow. I, I I hopefully I have a relationship with them where they can trust me and yeah. they know that my word is my word. Mm-hmm. But I I'm more to tell it like it is. Right. You know, without it, it, yeah, it's going to hurt. Right. But as you guys know, criticism does hurt mm-hmm. from anywhere you get it. Right. Yep. You, who wants yeah. criticism? Right. Nobody does. So right. uh, I try to keep it very positive and tell them in a good way, hey, this is where we got to get better. This is what we got to do. And I always make it as a we. Right. It's not just, sure. you know. That's yeah. important for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Sounds like you're really passionate about 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 that about this organization so that's awesome how long have you how long has it been i started in november 1st Woo. oh so yeah it's okay. fresh i yeah wow. it okay. was really fresh i I, okay. I thought i might have three or four people that would sign up uh-huh. i was shocked at how many signed up okay. and all the families that i do have just really class people that's i mean just really um in it for the right reasons mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I've had my testy times where I've had to be honest with the father or the mother and right. just say, hey, guys, this right. is we're going the wrong way here. And if we're going to go keep going this way, right. I'm not going to be involved in this because right. mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I want it to be right. And, um, you know, there's there. Like I said at the start, there's so much money being spent. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to be a person that helps people make good decisions that right. are going to help their kid. Right. be what they want to be right yeah that's awesome well and just i mean speaking of just you know an athlete's character as a scout what advice would you give to athletes and parents and coaches even who you know with the athlete trying to get to the next level what advice would you give them on what maybe a scout would look for um in an athlete concerning their character sure yeah. um like as you know everybody's held accountable for Mm-hmm. Yeah. what they do sure in the end and so um, when when you make choices you want them to be good choices you want people to 
I, I, I would never go to a coach at first. I'd always wait. He'd be the last person that I would talk to because he's going to try to talk up the player mm. any way he can. He's going to try to help him because right. he's a player he is. Right. And sometimes you don't get the truth. I drafted a kid named John Leroy years and years ago up in Washington that I knew had a serious drug problem, mm -hmm. but he had serious ability. Mm -hmm. So I drafted him, I signed him, put him right into rehab, mm -hmm. got him straight, got his life together, ended up pitching in the big leagues, but then dying because he had an extra rib and he had a blood clot and he died from a blood clot after oh. he had two kids. It was a great, it, oh. it was oh, like man. a true success story. Because oh I'll gosh. never forget it. I go in the house, and he's in a house that's not as big as this room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. so a very right. poor family. Wow. Sure. And his mom, I rem I'll never forget this. Of any time I signed a player, his mom, when she heard the offer I made him, she didn't say, congratulations, I'm proud of you. She says, remember, John, you told me you were going to buy me a car with that money. Oh, man. <sighs> So that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. You hear yeah. different things, but then there's right. always the other good stories. But as far as character goes, mm -hmm. scouts are always now trying to find out, you know, like social media, Facebook, right. Twitter, the, every ball club has somebody that is independent right. and that's all they do. Right. Is they investigate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause when you, when you can just spend the money, I can remember uh, Chris Buckley when I worked for the Reds. He was my scouting director. I was a national cross checker, and he says your main job is to make sure that I don't miss on our first, second, or third pick. Mm -hmm. Okay. And because the first pick, there's millions of dollars involved. Mm -hmm. Second pick, usually a million of dollars involved. Sure. sure. Third pick, seven hundred to a million dollars. Wow. That's a lot of money. So you're looking, you know, you're looking from anywhere from maybe. Three, three million to 10 million. Wow. So that is really important. And uh, character, I, I, when you say, I never, I never say anything about somebody's level of hustle. Mm -hmm. Every kid's different. Yeah. You know, uh, to me, 100% is 100%. I don't believe in anything more than 100%. Mm -hmm. If you ask a kid to go 100% and he's telling you he's going 100%, then you have to take it, you have to take it as he's going 100%. But, I always used to look for my kids, the kids I coached, to help push a guy that maybe wasn't right. going after right. it like you wanted right. him to go after it. Right. You know, uh, and there's leaders like that. And then there's some teams and white teams don't have success because there is no leaders because they're all followers. Yeah, that's a there problem. There has to be a leader. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, well, I can think of all the teams that I've, I've played on, um, and I'm sure the same for you, Deb. Mm. You can definitely think of a leader on right. the team whether yeah. it be one or a few leaders there's always there's always one that really stands out and it, it does really shape the culture of a team for sure um and i, I like what you said too because if you're kind of putting that on another player to help get the very best or 100 percent out of another player that you're trying to maybe scouting mm -hmm. um, i think competition within a team is one of the best ways to do it because it's tough if you're if you're all running sprints yes. and you know you're faster than everybody but these like three other people are beating you it's kind of like, okay, why are these clowns beating me? <laughs> 
Well, because you're not giving 100%. If you know you're better, then you should be able to show that. And so, yeah, definitely that competition within a team is huge. And you probably see it with your organization, right? You have guys that are, you know, working out near each other. Maybe not together, right? Because they're doing their own thing. No, I have kids all over from Petaluma. Right. All the way up to the El Dorado Hills. Right, but then they see, you know, what you may post on social media. It's like, this guy is, you know, working on this and look at the hustle. It's like, okay, I need to step my game up because there's another guy that's fighting for the same spot that I'm fighting for. (laughs) Well, it's amazing. They all want to be on social media. Yeah. Which is a you know they yeah, they they, they, they want to be on Twitter. Yeah. They want me to put them on Twitter uh-huh. and right. and say something about them. Right. You know it's that's that's what I can't believe. I mean, it's crazy to think. I mean, I when I came on uh, Twitter and I, I just I wanted to use it to listen to people talk about hitting and pitching. Right. I wanted to see what people's views were. Right. And <laughs> if I could add something to it yeah. to help somebody get better, great. You right. know, now I got 4,400 people that are, are come, you know, on my Twitter right. looking at it. And I'm just like, are you guys kidding me? Right. <laughs> you guys got to have better things to do than <laughs> look at my Twitter. And hey, man, you'd be surprised. <laughs> it, but it is crazy. And I'm sure yeah. you've seen it, too. Not just coaches and athletes getting on social media and maybe saying something that could. Because we've talked about that. How, you know, an athlete may tweet something mm-hmm. or post something on Instagram and then years later when they might be at the big league level or the major league level of whatever sport they might play all of a sudden that tweet finds its way back and then so it's crazy yeah and i'm sure like you said there's people out there for organizations that their sole job is to kind of rake over social media and find the dirt or the things that might cost you millions of dollars as an organization yes um which is scary but even the parents get in on it right i'm sure you've seen that from the coaching it's like Man, some parents shouldn't have Twitter. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I, I, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was at a game this last year. Yeah. And I tweeted about a kid. Yeah. Where, because the father kept saying this kid was a first round pick. Yeah. And I just wanted him to know, look, I've seen every player that has been picked for the last 17 years in the first round. Right. And. At that position your son's at, he's not that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's not a slam at him. Right. No, no, no. Right. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't intended to. It was intended just to tell him this is how the draft works. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I, where I help my people, like the Athlete 911, is just so they understand the landscape better. Sure. Right. So, like, I have kids that will never play pro ball. Mm-hmm. All their dreams are to play pro ball. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but the ones that are going to be pro ball players, I have, you know, I have to get them ready for that too. Right. And talk to the scouts and, you know, so I can give them the information they need to get to the right events so they can be seen. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's awesome. It's a lot of stuff to juggle. Yeah, I know, right? Is there, is there a favorite scouting memory that you have that you could... Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, there's a a a a couple things, but um, whenever you, I can remember, um, my wife and I driving to San Francisco, getting on a plane, and going to Atlanta Mm -hmm. for when I worked for the Braves and when we started winning, Mm -hmm. when John Sherholtz and Bobby Cox and. Right. Those type of people took over our organization. And by far, the best two leaders I've ever been around. I mean, just incredible. Mm -hmm. And just the feeling of being a part of a winning organization, more than anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, being in Atlanta, 
and the tomahawk chop. Right, right. And um, just dominant. Remembering coming home from the parties of the tents, right. the size of the, of the shrimp, and you know the food and <laughs> right. everything involved. And then Julie screaming at me at three thirty in the morning to get out of bed. She sees Steve Avery in the lobby. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and but what's so funny about this that you don't know is we named our son after him. Oh wow! Oh, that's crazy. Oh you know, so yeah, Avery yeah. is yeah. named after Steve Avery. Wow. Okay. And Steve Avery's left-handed. Avery's left-handed. Wow. It was just meant to be. Yeah. It kind of was. Yeah, so yeah. this is where my greatest memory comes yeah. in. Avery's four years old, and Grady Little, Jimmy Williams are now. Not with the Braves, but they're with Boston. They're mm -hmm. running that organization. Grady is the manager, and, and and Jimmy's his coach. And I know both of them from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So I call Grady. I say, hey, Grady, I want my son to meet Steve Avery. I want him to meet his namesake. I want him to know who he was named after. Right. Uh, that's cool. Really cool. So we go down the Coliseum. Grady grabs Avery. And then he goes in the outfield and is out there with Steve Avery for at least an hour. Wow. And so so Avery comes How back to me. Steve Avery comes back to me and he goes, Man, your kid is crazy. <laughs> he, goes, he says to me, he says, uh, he says, he couldn't understand why they called him Avery Bacala and not Steve Avery. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, so that's awesome. So he he, he tried well, what's, to what's the deal here? <laughs> yeah. He tried to explain to him that, you know, your your first name is me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to have your dad's last name. Right. You know, so and you're stuck with him, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> and those those are the memories of my best ones. Like that's, that's uh, awesome, man. I took yeah. I took him to Candlestick and he got to be on the field. My son got to be on oh, the field with uh, Ryan Klesko and Ryan and Chipper and those guys all wow. made him feel yeah. like he you oh. know belonged on the field with them. And what a cra what a crazy what a, life! Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that really good cool. memories though. Those too. are great, great that's memories. That's awesome. I remember when uh, we went to Casa again, going back to Casa. Yeah. Um, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you scouted Joey Votto. I did. And I, the class went nuts. You know, when they yeah. say, like, who, who have you scouted? It's like, well, you guys know Joey Votto? I'm like, yeah, of course we know Joey Votto. And they just went crazy. <laughs> so it's got to be cool when you have a, a player like that you scout, and then it turns into, you know, just a stud like him. I, it's it's really funny because, you know, uh, and this is just being truthful, I'm a national guy. Sure. Joey Votto, uh, Jay Bruce. Okay. Homer Bailey. Okay. Devin Mezzarocco. Uh -huh. Zach Cozart. Uh -huh. Todd Frazier. Um uh, yeah, big names. Justin Turner. Oh, Turner. Mine. Yeah, seventh wow. round. We got him in seventh round out of Fullerton. Wow, my brother's a huge Dodgers fan, so he's gonna he's gonna love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell him that. And <laughs> yeah, you know, you, yeah. I I can still see red in Double A with us in Chattanooga. Wow, how wow. how crazy is that? Yeah, it's awesome. It, it, it's awesome. It's, that's, and that's the whole thing. It's, yeah, it's fun about my whole experience with it, and you know, sad it's over. Sure. You know, I sure. enjoyed that arena and the competition of it. But um, the people that I did meet mm -hmm. and the contacts that I did make through baseball is, is like it's helping me now, you know, with my 911 because right. I can just call any college yeah. mm -hmm. and feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, one of them, the right. easiest guy for me to talk to is Tim Corbin mm -hmm. at Vanderbilt. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can call him. Yeah. He's right on my phone here. here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call him. Let's talk to him. And he'd talk to us, you know. Yeah. Wow. I mean, wow. these guys that you put up here on this pedestal mm -hmm. are humble people. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Most of them. 
most of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know who the ones that aren't. And, yeah. uh, you know, guys like Pat Casey at Oregon State, just the most humble guy in the mm-hmm. world, a winning a winning person. Right. Well, right. And, and we've talked a lot. That type of stuff really translates to, you know, well, we just, you know, we had uh, Mary Jo on. She was our last guest over at Sheldon. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell the way she was talking to us on and off air, just a very genuine person. And it, it mm-hmm. shows. And that's what shows yeah. up in the wins and the losses. Yeah. So it's yeah. um, it's awesome when you have a coach or you know coaches that that coach in that way, and it's like okay, you're doing it both on and off the field, and that's why your your players play so hard for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. You, yeah. I think you learn as a coach, mm. um, and, and at least I have that. Practice is mine. Mm. Mm. I coach our players. I get our players ready. You know, um, a coach is supposed to get his team. He he doesn't assume. He's got to make sure that they're ready for every situation that may come up in a game. Right. Players play. Right. So I'm a big – I coach practice. You do – I'm the king of practice. Right. <laughs> You're the king yeah. in the game. Right. And I let you have the first five innings. <laughs> if it's a tight game, then yeah. it becomes my game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a dictatorship, but it is kind of. A, sure. The players right. rule the game. I rule practice. Right. right. That makes sense. And, I mean, we've, we've talked often about how you – you know, you can't you can't force a player to, to swing the bat. You can't force them to throw the ball a certain mm-hmm. way. But you're there as a guide, and yeah. that's 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 a kind of a cool way of putting it. So, king right. of practice, king, king of game. As long as you guys keep those lines straight, everything's good. Yeah. No, it is. It, yeah. it, I mean, it helps. Yeah, because the ones players have to do it. they have to do it. They, they have to do the work. There's the accountability. You always have to be accountable. Yeah. And when you you put your team out there for war, then when they lose, you you have to be right there with them. Right. You can't just say they, 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 you know, it's we. Right. And you look at the great managers and coaches of all time, that's that's the John I mean, I look at John Wooden as mm-hmm. being up on a a perch by himself. Oh absolutely. His pyramid of success is right. incredible and it's what a lot of people live by and you can live by it. Right. Right. Well and it still holds it's never it still holds true. All that stuff still holds true, which it just stands the test of time, which is really cool about the, the pyramid of success. We I mean we, a lot of the stuff that we've done at Character Combine has been built off of a lot of those principles. That's cool. Yeah, yeah because it's it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um just for all the for everyone listening, for athletes and coaches and parents, um, so we obviously know there's a lot of things that um, scouts and organizations look for in athletes, mm-hmm. but if you could narrow it down to like a top three, like what or what would be the top three things that you're, you're, yourself as a scout or an organization would look for in an athlete? You know, it's it. I, I had such a bigger playground mm-hmm. than most guys did. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I see the I saw the country for eleven years. Mm-hmm. You know, and then mm-hmm. I would go internationally too sometimes. So it's it's. It's really different. Um, you know, obviously, anything you do, the people you're going to choose, you want them to represent you well. Right. You, you want them to have high character, be loyal, right. hardworking, mm-hmm. family-oriented, right. God-fearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, all those things that come under that one, right. the bottom half mm-hmm. of the circle. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a big pie. Right. Sure. Always ability is going to be on top of the pie. Right. Always. But the bottom part of that pie is where you find the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Not the athlete. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the character of the person plays into the ability of the person. Mm-hmm. Who that person yeah. is and how they end right. up being. Um, there's some guys that have 
more than enough ability to play in the big leagues. Right. But mentally and physically, they can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. They get into a rut. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to climb back up the hill. Wow. And they just keep crawling and crawling, trying to get back over, but they can't do it. Right. You know, and then there's guys that, that are just so darn good mm -hmm. and so darn talented mm -hmm. that it, it never comes into play. Mm -hmm. They're just, you know, the Manny Machados of the world, the Harpers, the Trouts. Do you have any idea where they're going? I, I would <laughs> think, I, no, I would think that uh, Harper, it would, I, I would Sorry, think this either, is a selfish question, everybody. It, be a, it would either be a Dodger, <laughs> Harper be a Dodger or a Philly, I would, okay. I would think. Okay. Uh, Machado, if, I think if, if he was smart, he'd go somewhere on the East Coast. Okay. Where he's, where he, he's an East Coastener, you know, sure. he's from Florida. Right. He, I, I think, you know, I mean. I never count out Boston for anything. That makes yeah makes sense. Yeah, they you know they can do whatever they want. They have so much money and such a, a huge market there mm -hmm. that money is not an object really. Yeah, you know same with the Yankees, but I don't think they're going there. Okay, those guys, yeah, they're going to be somewhere where it's it's going to make a difference. Right. Oh yeah. Well, like you said, incredibly talented, and the talent just kind of <laughs> exceeds any, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw with Machado last year during the World Series, you know, some of those issues came up, some of the hustle things and stuff like that. Yeah. But he's, he's so talented, it's going to, you know. It's like that play he made to his right and then threw to his left at first base. I just mean, you just, right. it, it was like, the, you know, when you grade an ability, you grade it two to eight. Right. You know, that's like an 8.5. Right. You know, was <laughs> Give like, that extra half. <laughs> yeah, because you don't see guys that can move with that kind of body control. Yeah. Move their body in the air and get in a position to throw a ball right. and just be so athletic and easy. Right. You know? Right. That's what I think more than anything is when you see a guy that's really good, they do it easier right. than others. Mm -hmm. Right. But right. then sure. when they get into the, that little box, right. they're more violent than mm -hmm. others. Mm, interesting. They're mm -hmm. so violent. Hitters are so violent in the big leagues mm -hmm. with, you know, their hip action in their hands. Wow. It's it's an incredible speed. Wow. That, which is neat. The, some of the new analytics that are coming out, right. where they can measure that stuff now. Right. Right. It's they can measure how yeah. fast the hip speed is, wow. and how fast the hands are getting through a, a certain area of the right. body, and that's kind of stuff. Is you know, I mean, you, you can see it with the eye, mm -hmm. but sometimes you miss it. Right. You sure. Know, you're looking at some. It's crazy that they're measuring that. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's insane. Wow. You see some of the breakdowns. It's like, right. oh, okay, it's, the game's just well, changed. Well, these major so league clubs have what they call research and development departments now. Mm -hmm. That they're they're tying that that's where they're putting all their money into. Right. And they're trying to mm -hmm. get as much information as they possibly mm -hmm. can. And everybody's trying to catch up with Houston right now because Houston's mm -hmm. way ahead of everybody wow. right. in all the analytics stuff and. Mm -hmm. And um, it's competition. It's, it's, yeah. well, <laughs> Even that's competition. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's everything. It's the world championship. Right. Yep. That's crazy. That's all everybody wants to say. Right. It's They're true. The world champion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, anyways, I, we have yeah. a couple other questions for you. I could go. Yeah. We could talk baseball all day, yeah. but I know, like I said, those are these are selfish questions. <laughs> so, it's um, okay, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got I got way off track. Sorry, Butch. No, it's good. I, I'm enjoying this. Thank so, you. So, do you um. Do you know? So, do you have contact with scouts from other sports as well? Yes. 
Okay, and so there's probably some just very standard things across the board, right? When you're looking at athletes, it doesn't matter baseball, football, soccer, basketball. So what are some just like character? Seems like it's a standard. I, I would say the character have to be number one. Yeah, you know everybody because the foundation of what you're building it on. Just like you said that this half circle thing. If the bottom half is character, that's the part that's holding up the skill. Yes. So if if that starts to crumble, then the whole thing kind of comes tumbling down. One yeah. person can ruin the, the whole batch. Absolutely. So, and but, one person can make the entire batch too. That's true too. That's the beauty of it. I mean, like when Pujols went to, to the Cardinals. Yeah. That whole organization, <clears throat> their attitude, and their winning, completely turned. So one one player has the effect of either making an organization, right, or possibly ruining it. And it, even well, probably especially at the high school level, right? Because it's a much smaller team. It's not as many resources going into like you know major league team. So if you have one bad apple on a high school team, <laughs> yeah, and it might not be the player. It, it, there you go. It might not be the player. It might be a parent. Mm. Mm. Okay, <laughs> that's. We, we both kind of had a, that was a good. That was a good you know, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's just the truth. Um, sure. Well, especially in the parents, world that you come from, is the showcases all that. Mm. It's parents. It's, yeah. Parents love their kids. Yeah. Sure. You love your kid more than anything, right? So you're going to do whatever you can do to help your kid be the best. And sometimes, that's what I always say, the kids know way more than the parent. Mm. And the kids know who the best players are. Mm. They know know it. They know it. The the parents might not admit to it, but the the kids know who the best players are. And that's why when we're talking about who – like I go to games, I listen to, I listen to kids. Mm-hmm. Kids tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You find out who, who the kids using drugs. You can find out who the kids <laughs> that are, are out drinking and partying. You can right. find out the kids that are not doing it. They're taking their Fridays because they're going to the gym and they're working hard because mm-hmm. their goal is to be a big leaguer. Wow. Yeah. Those are the kids that Deb's love. Deb loves. Yes. The kids who <laughs> work hard in the gym. Yes. Um, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. So, you know, just like some of the thoughts we had for coaches and how they can assist their athletes in getting, you know, to the next level if they're being scouted and all that. Yeah. The same, a lot of those same things go towards the parents. Yes. Yeah, and, and kind of how they can assist assist their athlete or their son or daughter and not Here, you know, here's the drag thing them there. I would tell any coach when talking to a scout, mm-hmm. don't just be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, don't. If a scout asks a question, just answer the question. You <laughs> should, don't should be simple enough. Right? You don't have to elaborate on something else that you may know. Right. Okay. Right. Um, obviously, I as me as a scout, that's what I would say. I'd ask pointed questions, then I go, if there's anything else you you feel like you'd like to tell me about this player, I would love to hear it. Mm-hmm. I just I don't want there to become when we draft them any unknowns or unexpecteds that now. Right pop out that closet door mm-hmm. yeah. right and you know coaches uh, coaches have a hard enough to t- tough enough job mm. you know they, they can't know I, I i would never suspect unless one of my players told me a guy was using drugs mm-hmm. i just don't want to think that i mean right. I, that's the one thing my parents asked me please do not do drugs do not do you know cocaine those kind of things yeah right. never said anything about beer or that you right. know right. Right. But they did about the drugs. So it, that, that was never a problem for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I find we, we win our championship, and I find out all of my teammates are on drugs. <laughs> and it blew me away. I was blown away. Right. I just was like, what, like, what is, is going, going on? on? Right, right. 
I did. Yeah. Exactly. I go into the party the night after we won. Yeah. And I'm seeing these guys doing this stuff, and I'm like, You're like, who, who are you? They go, walk. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Yeah. We just. That's why we didn't invite you to these parties. Yeah. And because they knew I, yeah. I, yeah. I would, I would shut it down right now. I was wouldn't. I didn't. I wouldn't want all my teammates. And you know, every team has its batch. That they yeah. have their own right. stuff that they do. But right. You, you you if you're if you care about them as people mm-hmm. i mean i had one of my teammates that got so low that one night i picked them up out of a gutter mm-hmm. oh, put them over my shoulder took him home told oh. his mom here's what's going on wow. we're going to a rehab tomorrow wow. mm. he hasn't drank for 32 years wow, wow. that's oh, awesome for him great great wow. and he's a great a, he's one of the best wow. fathers i know yeah he um his son is a coach in baseball okay. at a junior college here in California. Okay. Wow. And just, he turned it around. Wow. He just, he, but he lost his dream. His dream was mm-hmm. to play Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Never was drafted. Mm-hmm. Got totally depressed. Mm-hmm. And, wow. yeah. It's completely changed. Uh, wow. Yeah, it doesn't take much. No. Right. It doesn't take much. And I, as you know from your own personal experience and, you know, one bad, you know, one bad lift, one freak injury, mm-hmm. you know, one dis- one bad decision, you know, whatever it might be. So, um, that's good. I, well, we know we don't want to keep you too long, but we appreciate your time, man. And um, you. Deb, did you have any other final questions? I mean, uh, we could talk to you for a long time. I, I, feel, just, I feel like I am seriously just enjoying sitting here and listening, and then. And I sometimes I, I feel like I'm the audience. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. And I'm like, oh crap, I am a co-host. I need to say something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm just so I this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being for coming here. And like I said, I could just listen to this talk for days. Thanks. Yeah. It's it's been fun. I'm like yeah. I told you, I I there's no when I go to places like this, I don't ever think of time limit. Mm. We you appreciate know? that. Yeah. And, we track and, time all the time. <laughs> and, you, and you guys probably have to live yeah. by a time limit. Yeah. But like when I was on the podcast for this baseball podcast I did a couple weeks ago, we talked for an hour and 55 minutes. And then, you know, he says, wow, you know, we've talked for an hour and I, and yeah, it is. It's, it's easy Mm -hmm. when really easy when you have passion Mm. and you love something. Yeah. It's easy to talk about because you know what you're talking about and you believe in it. It's just like Josh, I've known him now for four years. When I met him, I I truly liked who he was, his character. And it's easy to believe in people like that. So when he calls me and he wants me to do something, yeah. I'll be there right now. Man, I appreciate awesome. I appreciate that. I'm probably going to just switch out the intro to this podcast and make that the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is a great guy. You are. Well, I appreciate you are, you it. You know you are. And, and you're going to become a father. Yes. Yeah. So very, very soon yeah. now. We're These things that, that yeah. um, you know, you're going to see that everything matters now. Yeah. And the, the, the people that you surround your child with, you're, you're always going to want to make good decisions. It'll yeah. come full circle, Josh. Yeah, come full circle, it does. Absolutely. I'm a grandpa now, and I see it. You know, That's right. you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't. You, I, I can't imagine loving something anymore than mm. I'm loving my granddaughter right now. Oh, that's great. Besides, that's awesome. besides my son, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. my daughter. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You don't. You you love them more than you love yourself, and it's yeah. true. You oh. do. Oh, man, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to. I was looking. I was pretty excited already, but now I'm even more excited about it. So you should be. <laughs> hey, before we get out of here, yeah. Um, where can they Where can they find you? Where can they follow you on Twitter? Um, how can they get connected with your uh, athlete nine one one baseball? All that stuff. Yeah. Um, my my Twitter is at Butch Bacala. You know, just at, at Butch Bacala. Mm-hmm. Um, 
My uh, phone number is 530-368-1008. I, I put it everywhere I'm at. I was that's bold. Put the number out like, there. Wow. No, people call <laughs> me. People call me that I don't know a lot of times, too. And okay, perfect. I, I don't – I have no problem with that. Awesome. And, uh, no, I would – you know, anybody that needs help or would love to talk baseball, I'm – you know, the kids need to learn how to hit. Yeah. Uh, any of that kind of stuff. I'm, I've, I'm a veteran of many, many years – and had very good experiences in baseball, and nice. I hope to awesome. continue for another 10 years and then take over my granddaughter's career. There you go. <laughs> well, man, we, we really cool. appreciate thank your time. You and uh, Yeah, you. it was an honor. So thank you, uh, thank you so much. Thank you, you yeah, guys. Appreciate guys. being with you. Thanks.